0: Restoration Church, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, and relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by Lead Pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's message.
1: start a sermon series today called the power of prayer how many of us know that prayer works how many of us understand that the word proclaims that prayer is the heartbeat of the church it's not about finances it's not about buildings it's not about music it's not about all these important parts it's not about whether you have the best praise man whether you have a nicest facility, whether you have the best small groups or children's ministry or youth ministry, it's about prayer. Right. Prayer is the communion of the believer to God. Amen? So stand with us and let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to anoint us for the preaching and teaching of the word. Y'all know I haven't preached for three Sundays. So everybody buckle your seatbelt when you get sitting back down. No, I don't want you to. I want you to worship with me as we as we break the word together today. Let's ask God to bless us for the preaching and teaching this word, of His Word. Father, we love you and we honor you and we thank you again for your Word. It's a lamp into our feet. It's a light into our path. Father, we ask you to help us to hide it in our heart that we might not sin against you. Help us see the victory in it. Help us see the correction, the, the direction that we need from the Word. Help us to see the encouragement we need from the Word. Help us to see the sustainability that we need in your Word. Father, today we pray that everything we say and everything that we do would bring honor and glory to your name and your name only. God, I ask you to bless your people. ask you to anoint us for the preaching and teaching of your word. Give us ears to hear, not only ears to hear, but help us to be doers of your word as well and be changed for eternity. In Jesus' name we ask it. And all the church said, amen. amen. And amen. Amen. Anybody know the definition of prayer? Webster I'm glad you didn't say I knew. The definition of prayer is by Webster says it is a solemn request for help or an expression of thanksgiving to God. Yes. How many have ever started praying before and the next thing you know you kind of forget what you're praying about and you kind of go off and you just kind of drift off into the Lord? Come on. Yes. That's called a spirit of prayer. That's called a spirit of prayer. How many has ever found it hard to pray at times? Come on. Y'all going to get honest with me today? I thought the pastor was the only one that finds it hard to pray at times.
0: Sometimes it's going to be hard to pray.
1: That's the reason the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 6 that we are fighting a war. It is warfare. How many get up every day and everything's good and all the birds are singing and all the laundry's clean? Come on. And the house is spotless and the kids have been great and their good grades are good and your husband brought you flowers yesterday and the grass has been cut. Come on.
0: I've lost half
1: of y'all already. There's no weeds in the flower beds. The dog didn't tear anything up in the yard. Y'all, y'all, you know, y'all know where I'm going. Everything's you just got a raise on your job. They come on. Your wife says, "Hey," when she looks at you. <laughs> it's not like that. How many of you know that when you watch a movie? Come on, I'm on, Y'all gonna help me today. Anybody ever watched any Hallmark movies? I got a Hallmark type of anointing. Their hair's perfect. They wake up in the morning and they—they got the perfect little cupcake shop. They got the perfect relationship. Guy goes off, works for a multi-billion-dollar company, is successful, but he just don't feel. And he goes home because his grandmother and grandfather had passed, and they left him the uh, the local hardware store. And he goes home and falls in love with his high school sweetheart. I'm telling you guys, I can make billions of dollars. What am I doing? (laughs) Preaching. But the point I'm trying to make is everybody don't get up in the morning with their makeup fixed and the house clean and all the bills paid. Come on. And no stress in your life. This thing we're living is called spiritual warfare. You are in a fight for your home. You are in a fight for your children. You're in a fight for your family. Come on. Sometimes we're just in a fight Come on Amen. Sometimes we just feel like we're in a fight But today I want to talk to you About different prayers in the Bible And the ingredients that made these prayers work And I want to talk to you about What the Lord, the Word of God calls prayer The Word of God prayer, refers to prayer As a multifaceted communication Of believers to the Lord How I many is ever prayed, and it come easy? Now i lay you down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord. That's the most brutal prayer ever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, listen to Tim Hawkins do that. He's a Christian comedian, by the way. No, it's a bedtime prayer that we've said for years. But how many has ever prayed the Lord for Lord's Prayer? Yeah. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That should get your wood burning this morning. Amen. Amen. That's the way Jesus told his disciples when they asked him how to pray. He said, pray like this. So that is direction. But the Bible talks about prayer. It's a multifaceted communication between a believer, you and me, and almighty god it has been referred to in genesis 4 and 26 as calling on the name of the lord in psalm 3 and 4 is referred to as crying out to the lord in isaiah 55 and 6 it's referred to as seeking the lord in hebrews 4 and 16 it says we approach the throne of grace with confidence why do we approach the throne of grace and prayer with confidence Not because of anything we did, Sister Marianne, but because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. We approach the throne of grace with confidence. Hebrews also tells us in Hebrews 10 and 22, he said, you will draw near to God and he will draw near to you. There is no stipulation right there. Mm -hmm. When we draw near to God and we humble ourselves to God, what does God do? There's no limit the gulf that was between us and God, Jesus canceled with the cross.
0: Yeah.
1: The Bible says the veil of the temple was made rent so we that were sinners could find grace and, and freedom and covering of the blood of Jesus Christ through Jesus Christ on the cross. Yeah. The veil of the temple was rent. So there's no limitations to what God can do through his church with prayer. Somebody say amen. 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 And you say, well, Pastor Rex, how does this work? You have to to do it. Mm-hmm. You say Well, pastor Rex, Tell me that. Jesus tells us that we were commanded to pray. Mm-hmm. The word of God in the Old Testament, 1st Chronicles 16 and 11 says, seek the Lord continually. It says, seek the Lord for his strength. Continually seek him. Now, not everybody that has a job and has a life can get up and just pray all day. But can I ask you this question for a moment? When you're in the rest and your life's falling apart and you're needing to ask for God, is prayer more important? <clears throat> when I'm in a, a, a position or situation that I'm needing God to break through and come through for me, is prayer more important? Is it more important than watching more of a news feed on Facebook? Come on, I'm preaching to the preacher this morning. Is it more important than Fox News or ESPN? Come on. I'm preaching this morning. Prayer is important and we're needing God to move on our account. But can I tell you, Jesus said it like this. We don't wrestle and we don't fight a fight without the word of God. Jesus was taken into the desert, into the, into the mountains of the desert, and he was on a fast. And immediately the Bible says that Satan come to him. And he began to tell him things like, Well, you're the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Won't you just, I'm paraphrasing, won't you just cast yourself down off this mountain? You're hungry. He knew Jesus was in a fast. Anybody ever fasted?
0: You,
1: you won't see a hamburger or a steak commercial for two weeks go on a fast and they double down on you. You'll see everything you want to eat. That's things you don't even like and you begin to want to eat I don't know I'm make, make y'all laugh and make y'all hungry every Sunday. That's the giving, right? right? That's what I'm anointed to do, make you hungry, okay? Right. So we understand that Jesus was tempted and he was hungry, and the Bible says, what happens when we don't eat? We get it. Our body has to replenish itself from the nutrients that we get from food and water. God made us that way to eat. So He began to get weak, and Satan began to tempt Him. If you're the son of God, like you say you are, mm. notice Satan always comes with a lie. Somebody gonna help me today? Right. If you're the Christian, you say you are. Why is not God answering your prayer? Right. If you're so anointed, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, why is not God moving for you? Right. If He's really said who He says He was, He had already moved on your account. I'm gonna I'm preach today, so y'all might as well help me. Can I tell you? is not a lot of times whether God will answer a prayer it's whether you have gotten the answer yes mm-hmm. come on now maybe the answer that we're getting from God is not the answer we wanted Right. Yeah. right. maybe God it allows us to pray the will of the Lord thy kingdom come mm-hmm. thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven right. give us give us Give us. Who is he giving us? That's me and the Holy Spirit. That's the communion. Jesus is not here. Now, if there's no hurt, some of y'all's theology. Jesus is not here in the person no more. But there's this person called the Holy Spirit. He's here with us. Yes. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, but He's given us His Holy Spirit, Cody, to guide us and protect us and to keep us and to even show us what to do. Right. Anybody ever had the Holy Spirit just tell you what to do? Right. How many has ever had the Holy Spirit to tell you what not to do? Yeah. Amen. Holy Spirit never shut your mouth When you want to say something to somebody yes. oh, yeah. you don't believe the Lord to do it There will be a yeah. yeah. <laughs> little smart mouth kids just, Hey I ain't going to do that you don't do it. What you're going to do is get out of my classroom But the Holy Spirit makes me stop right there Because mm. I'm going to do next Is pull the belt off Take care of myself
0: mm.
1: But I can't do that I will get fired right. And that may be what a lot of them knew me Come on amen all the church said amen But the point is, of the matter, anybody ever made you mad and you wanna say something? And it's like in the Roman armies on the inside of your mouth, beating on your teeth, saying, say it, say it, Mm -hmm. Y'all already, I made most of you you guys laugh already. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit is saying, don't say it. Don't say it, don't say it, walk away. Is that hard to do? Yeah. Is the walk away hard to do? Yeah. That's one of the greatest strengths of the Holy Spirit. We like to watch the manifestation. We like to see the signs and the wonders follow the believers. That's what we believe for in the last days. But one of the greatest manifestations of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit shut up. Yeah. I don't know why I'm even saying that, but I'm just telling you, He shut my mouth. Well, that's hard to do. Y'all all know that. All the church said Amen. Yeah. Psalm 105 says, "Seek the Lord, His strength, and His face forevermore." 1 Thessalonians 5 and says, 17 says, pray without ceasing. And I'm going to touch on that for a moment. How, pastor, you may ask, how can we be a person that prays without ceasing? It's not literally us praying continually. It's our mindset being on that of prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because you can't pray without ceasing, literally pray. And I think so, well, some people can't because they work by themselves. But I'm the one of those people, I'm like squirrel, you know. Yeah. Anybody like that?
0: No.
1: You know, I don't look you out the windows a lot because there's little birds that live out here around the church a lot and things distract me easily. Mm-hmm. You'll notice if I'm having a conversation with you, David, I'm going to look you in the eye because I don't want to be distracted. All the guys said amen. And why I said I thought that was just because I was talking to you, right? Okay. Come on, y'all get some freedom. It's, it's, it was a joke. Now y'all missed it. It is a joke. <laughs> So a lot of times we have to focus in on praying. He said, pray without ceasing. Why did the apostle Paul challenge the church at Thessalonica to pray without ceasing? Because he understood that he fought and you're facing real devils. Yeah. You ever thought about facing real devils? Mm-hmm. You know, the old Pentecostals used to say it like this bless God, Pastor X, higher rebels, bigger devils. Has anybody ever heard that? <laughs> right, don't be putting that on me. You know, the devil that we're up against has one size. He's called Satan. He's got one size. Yeah. And he's already defeated. He was defeated on the yeah. cross. Come on, y'all. Yeah. Go heaven and heaven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm not going to magnify and glorify him and his kingdom. No. He is a liar and the father of all lies. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to magnify my God. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell Satan how big my God is. Yeah. Because a lot of times we say, "We've bless God, Pastor Rex, that devil's been on me. But you've got the authority to rebuke him in the name of Jesus That's right. Amen. Pastor Rex, the devil's been doing this and coming against my home.
0: Men of God,
1: stand up and pray the devil off your home. He said, but Pastor Rex, I don't believe in all that. You don't believe the word of God because you're the priest of your home, men. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You have the authority, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the authority to speak blessing over your family. Yeah. Yeah. Cody, you should be blessing them girls because it's the commandment of the Lord. There's nothing wrong with you taking your little girls and picking them up and saying, God bless my children. Keep your Let your angels can camp around about it. Protect these girls, have them to grow up to serve you and to love you and to be what you want them to be. That's the blessing of the Father. Right. You know God will do that, will bless that. That is a prayer that's for sure the 100% chance to be answered. Because that's the blessing of God. Yeah, that's the word yes. of God.
0: Yeah.
1: And you say, well, Pastor Bates, how do I get God to hear my prayer? Mm. If you want a 100% chance of God hearing your prayer and answering your prayer, pray the word of God. Mm.
0: Yes.
1: How do I pray the word of God? I've got to know the word of yeah. God. Right. I've got to read the word of God. Yes. I've got to focus on the word of God. Paul said it like this in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. He said, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Stay alert, persistent, praying for all the saints everywhere. There's a bunch of stuff going on right here. Amen? Amen. There's a bunch of stuff going on right here. He says, take what? You ever see a football player without a helmet on? No. That's dangerous, is it? Go watch division. Go watch ACC football, Brian. Those guys are going to be buckled up, have their pads on and their helmets and their chin straps are going to be buckled up. You know why? Because they're going to war. They're in battle. They're going to have their armor on. They're going to have their pads on. They're going to have their armor on. They're going to have that helmet strapped up tight because they're in contact. Can I tell you, Paul referred to it as a Roman soldier because he knew they would understand that the Roman soldiers always had their what?
0: They
1: had a helmet on to protect their head. Why did Paul tell us to put our helmet on? What is in our head? Come on. Great. Some of you women say nothing. <laughs> Brian, what is in our head? It's our mind. Yeah. Where does the enemy attack? Yeah. What is the helmet of salvation?
0: Yeah.
1: I'm going to help somebody right here. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit right here. The helmet of salvation is the assurance that Jesus Christ saved saved you and he can keep you. And there's not any weapon that the enemy can send against my mind that Jesus didn't already pay the price for. I just need to cover myself in the salvation of Jesus Christ. You say, well, how do I do that? And he said, then take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God. Will put your enemies to flight You yeah. said well Pastor Rex How is the word of God put the enemy to flight Jesus said it like this He was about to ascend into heaven He said it like this He says heaven and earth shall pass away He's talking to his disciples And the Lord gathering. I just read it the other day He said heaven and earth's going to pass away But my word Will forever stand when right can I tell you today Economies rise, nations rise And fall But the spoken word of God Will be fulfilled Not one jot or one tittle is going to be missed yeah. And you say well Pastor rich Why do I need to know the word of God Because the word of God The sword of the spirit And the helmet of salvation Protect my mind to speak the word To put the enemy at flight
0: Yeah right
1: James said it like this, resist the devil and he will James was who? The half brother of Jesus. Do you know that Jesus, James didn't originally believe that Jesus was the Messiah and he was his half brother. But James said it like this, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Why do we need to resist? Peter tells us that the enemy is like a roaring lion He has come to kill He uh, runs around David Like a roaring lion Seeking whom he may devour Can I tell you today And you say well Pastor Rex Don't scare me to death Don't beat me up today I need some encouragement Can I tell you today The devil don't just want your life He wants your family's life He wants your children's life He wants your home He wants your sanity He wants everything about you He wants it Yeah and you say, well, the devil just don't really hate me. He hates who you serve. Yes. When Jesus walked up to the man in the gatherings he didn't know, he didn't know that man. He didn't know, he didn't know uh, he didn't know him. He had never met him before. But Jesus walks up to him, and the, the Bible says the demon spoke to him. Mm-hmm. Why have you come here to torture us? Mm-hmm.
0: And Jesus said, Oh my,
1: shut up. What's your name? You know what Jesus said? I not you shut up, won't you tell them what your name is? He says, we are legion because we are men. Yeah, That's right. And Jesus cast them out. Mm-hmm. Can I share something with you today? God has given you the power to cast out names. I'm just scared supposed mm-hmm. God has given you the power, Colin, to walk up to somebody who has a demon in them, and you know Jesus to cast that demon out. You know how you get that demon to come out through the word of God. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know that you know Jesus, but they also don't know that that word of God. I can't stand against it because the Bible tells me in John chapter one that in the, in the beginning was the word and the word was with was God and the word was with God and all this from the beginning. So Jesus was there at the beginning. He is known as what? The word. And the word sets our enemies at flight. I've been watching these videos of out in California and all places in Oregon. They're having these revivals, Brian, in the park.
0: Yeah.
1: Have you seen these? Mm-hmm. They're having these revivals in the park and they're casting out demons and people being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a park. It's not a church. Yeah. They got one microphone and one guy playing a guitar and leaning worship and they got one woman that was a drug addict and a satanist that's sitting there casting out demons after she found Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. And people are being saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost and ghost and demons cast out in a park yeah. because the church do not belong in a building. Right. And God is showing his manifestation of his power through normal believers. Right. I'm going to pull up a clip of it and let you watch it next Sunday morning. He said, Well, Pastor Biggs, I don't know about all that stuff. Read your word. Yeah. He told his disciples. I'm going to give you power to tread over serpents. What was he talking about?
0: Mm.
1: He's talking about demons.
0: Yeah.
1: Who was the serpent? The Bible says in Genesis that he was more subtle. He was more cunning. He was a liar. Yeah. He was smooth. The enemy don't come at you with something harsh. Look, the the enemy don't come at a man trying to get him to commit adultery with some ugly woman. She's going to be beautiful. Come on. The enemy's not going to make you enjoy a party that's playing. When they're sitting there and the music's not turned, it's going to be lit. Right. The enemy's going to come at you, men and women, with something. Listen, ladies, men, young people, he's not going to get you into drugs by making it look bad. He's going to make it look good. Yeah. But the Bible says in the end it leads to destruction. right. Proverbs tells me that I need to stay away from the way we're going. I don't know. I might be talking to somebody today. Because in the end, it leads down to death and the grave.
0: Right.
1: And you say, Well, Pastor Rich, how do I know that? Because I read the word.
0: Right.
1: It gives me the power to overcome. Now, Jesus is telling his disciples this right here. He said, The things I do, you're going to do. You might say that word. Greater. The things I do. You're going to do what? Greater. Definitely one more time. Things I do, I'm going to do. You're gonna do. So who are we? We're followers of Jesus. Let's real quiet. Everybody's thinking about Sunday lunch. We're his disciples. We're his followers. Now we teach as Pentecostals that the works of the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We don't teach nothing that's not in. Never read it for yourself are latter-day promises for the church and I don't believe, Miss Tracy, that it's just gonna start happening in the church. I believe that the revival is gonna start happening out here That's and it's gonna right. affect the church. Yeah. But what happens in here ha- it affects what happens out there. Right. You know, I was praying a couple weeks ago, Regina, and I was very down, and I was just laying all out there that morning telling God, okay, God, why ain't we here? Why aren't we there? Why can't I see this? Why can't we see this in the church? And, and the Lord just reminded me, hey, all this ain't your fault. Yeah. <laughs> this is not your fault. This is a broken world, but you still have the answer. Keep preaching the truth. Amen. Keep loving on people. Keep helping people. You know, the enemy of contentment in Jesus is comparison. Right. As pastors, we compare our churches to people, fathers, we compare our houses and our homes and our families. Come on. Yeah. We, we compare everything, we compare our vehicles to everybody else. Yeah. We compare our lifestyle, we compare our boats, our jobs. And, and, and like the, the minister at Brink's said a couple Sundays ago, what we do is when something happens to our job, our association and our identities in our job,
0: yeah.
1: not in who we are as Jesus, as followers of Jesus Christ. Right. And then when that problem in life and that trial comes up, we're identifying, calling, well, who we are. That's what I do.
0: Yeah.
1: Who I am is Jesus, is a follower of Jesus Christ. Right. What I do is my career. Come on. Right.
0: Right.
1: So a lot of times when things happen, we blame God. Right. Right. My identity is not a career tech teacher. My identity is a man of God. Right. My identity is a pastor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But being a pastor don't get me to heaven. No Jesus gets me to heaven. Right. right. Right, and the effectiveness of what I do is just the calling God has put on my life. And I'm talking to somebody today. Right. Whenever you associate yourself and your life with success with what you do, you're missing the identity of who you are in Christ. Right. Whenever we think that if my if I don't have a good day at work, or my company's not successful, or my church, come on, this is an attack of the enemy. Right. That my church don't look like everybody else. See, God don't want restoration to look like everybody else. Right. right. He wants restoration to fulfill the call and the vision that he's put on our lives. Right. So is it going to look different? Yeah. These churches in this park, they look different, David. i, I watched watching one video and this guy's walking up, David. He's walking up in the service and you know what he's doing, Tracy? He's smoking weed, walking up in the church and you can tell the dude's tore up from the floor But he walks up in there and she begins to. This lady's preaching. That's going to scare a lot of people, too. Yeah, ladies preach. We didn't have ladies here. We wouldn't still have a church here. Because all these men come along. We had a bunch of ladies at work. I'm helping somebody's theology today. Right. Right. But she begins to share the word of God and how God delivered her from being in a cult. And then she said she was agnostic. She didn't even believe in God. And then she was all strung down on drugs and she began to share her testimony. I watched this guy guy's little video and this guy sitting there smoking his weed. All of a sudden he drops and puts that weed out and he begins listening. He sits down on the grass. Mm-hmm. You know what happens? The word of God begins to go forth that won't return void. Right. And the Holy Spirit that loves this man just like he loved that woman began to deal with his heart. He was the first one on his face on the grass committing his life to Jesus Christ. Right. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ will not return void it don't matter if it's in a park it don't matter if it's in a crack house it don't matter if it's at Walmart it don't matter if it's Restoration Church the word of God will not return void and it happens through prayer the catalyst to the church is prayer My dad said, the grease that lubricates the wheel, that's old is prayer. Yeah. Anybody ever been around a wagon? Mm-hmm. Anybody ever been around a wagon? Some of our older folks will. Yes. What did they have to do to those wagon wheels, Brian, back in the day? Mm-hmm. They had to pull them off, and they took a stick with a, like a big syringe, a big pad on it, and they put grease and packed up wheels wheel with grease. And most of them have wooden spindles back in the day. I didn't think about that. That's the reason they had all that grease on them. But the ability of that wagon to function and that wheel to turn is how much grease on it. How about the church? What if the church prayed more about it than we did talk about it or have meetings about it?
0: Yeah.
1: What if we actually started operating in the gifts that God gave us? Everybody, under the sound of my voice, has a gift to give. Amen. Yeah. See, there's gifts that John has here that I don't have, that God didn't equip me with. But 1 Corinthians tells me that it's the way God planned it. The way he planned it is for everybody to have a gift. And that we are to use that gift. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 26 and 41. He said, keep watch and pray. So, you will not give in to temptation. He's talking to his disciples the night before he be betrayed, right? Mm-hmm. He says, Be watchful and pray so you don't give in to temptation. He asked him to do what? What did Jesus ask him to do? Pray with me for just one yeah. hour. Yeah. You know what Jesus saw, Colin? <clears throat> he already saw Peter deny him three times by fire. Yeah. He already knew that Judas was coming in the morning. Kiss him on the cheek. Come on, I'm being real here. Jesus already knows what we're going to go through next week.
0: Right.
1: So if He knows, Jesus said in one place, He said it like this: "What man? Come on, how many warriors I got in the building? Come on, get some freedom today." Yeah. Jesus said it like this. He says, "What man can add one minute?" Yeah to his life, worrying about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. Matter of fact, you're missing the blessing of today, worrying about tomorrow. Yes. Right. I'm, I'm going to give you a testimony. This is something God did in my life. I had a meeting a couple weeks ago. We can have to go. I told you I had to buy some oil machines. They're extremely high. They're like everything else. They're high.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I went into this meeting. Long welding machines for the build a wire. Long story short, going to this meeting, need well machines. They're gonna to have to take back three of the wheel machines that's never been used. How many of those companies don't like to do that when something sits there for two years? All again, I say, God, this is my prayer time. Give me a favor today. Give me a favor, you know what I can spend? I'm asking you to give me favor. The guy calls me back. I send him, this is what I got. This is the problem I have. This is the well machine I need. That well machine is double what the one I got before I got to buy. This is what I got to spend on. it guy calls me back and says, We'll take the well machines you got back and give you full price, less 10% of restocking.
0: Wow.
1: Wow. I'm not through. I go on the next day a new piece of equipment coming to my welding shop. The, the next day, guys gives me a bid. This is what it would cost to wire your new table saw. This is what it would cost to wire your table, your plasma table. Next day, a guy calls me and says, I want to come out the shop. He just hired three of our kids this year. I'm just talking about favor. Mm-hmm. He walks in and says, hey, did they send you a bid on what it would cost to fix the, do this electrical wiring for your plasma table, plasma table and your table saw? I said, yeah, they did. Here's what it is. It was several thousand. He said, We're not going to charge anything. We're going to cover that. Labor, expenses, materials, and all.
0: Wow. I shut
1: my door. He walked around and shook his hand. And I thanked him. I've been sharing what God will do. Somebody needs to hear this today. I shut my door and I prayed in the Spirit for a few minutes and I began to glorify God. You know why? Because favor ain't there. Yeah. God didn't have to give me favor But I tell you what he will do If you will glorify him And you will live a life to serve him He will bless you And you say well Pastor Rex I don't know about all that Elijah This is not in the news Elijah is on Mount Carmel He's just defeated the 450 prophets of Baal He just told Ahab He hadn't reigned uh, uh, In three and a half years
0: mm-hmm.
1: through the power of God you remember, remember the story about Elijah Yeah and he tells Ahab, which is a wicked king, right? He's worthless, Ahab is. But he tells him, I tell you what, I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and saddle your horses and get on your chair and head towards Jezreel because I hear rain. Right. It hadn't rained in three and a half years. At his word and his prayer, God had stopped the rain. Right. And I just says, I hear, and I said, and Cindy, I told you I was going to share this this morning. I shared this in the Sunday school class this morning. He says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. You know, we, we've been getting some short of rain this year. You know, right. I stand in the yard the other day, putting out sod. I was thankful for rain. Four pallets of sod. You know what I figured out the other day? David, putting out four pallets of sod. I'm old, fat, and not as young as I used to be. And that sod's heavier when it's wet. It's been sitting on the truck. It rained that night. But the next day, I got up. True story. I got up and it was cloudy all day And it rained I wouldn't have made it without the rain and the cloud But to go back to Elijah Elijah gets on his knees And the Bible says he buries his head Between his knees And he says God you've got to move again Just so Your people know that Your God I want you to move again And he tells the servant I want you to go look at the sea I don't want you to tell me if you see any clouds and the Bible says that he came back one, two, three, four, five, six times and said there ain't no rain and Elijah said what is seven? Anybody tell me what the biblical meaning of seven is? Completion. It's completion. So Elijah says I want you to go back and I want you to look at the sea one more time. And the servant come back to Elijah, and he said these words: "I see a cloud coming out of the ocean, the size of a man's fist." And he says, "Go and get on and tell Ahab to get on his chariot and leave and head towards Jezreel." And that's not all. Are You're talking about favor and fair. This is the reason I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit supernaturally taking over. The Bible said that the Spirit of God. Fell on Elijah, and he tucked his tunic up, and he made him some running shorts. Come on, and the Bible said he outran the chariot to Jezreel. Wow! I don't know about y'all, but in my little South Alabama brain, men don't outrun horses. Yeah. But I won't tell you what God will do Hold that box When you get in the throne room with God He will give you supernatural power That will change your mind And help you arrive at the destination And give you favor And increase when you need it Because he is God oh, yes, Hallelujah yeah. I'm just preaching myself Hoarse and happy today mm-hmm. And I had a vision of that Elijah, maybe I'm not scaring a little. Save you to death. Amen. Fox loves you, he's not trying to scare you, baby. He's just old and loud. So Pastor Rex. God won't do for me what he did for Elijah. Mm -hmm. Go with me to the book of James, chapter 5. might remember the story about James? Jesus' half brother didn't originally believe that Jesus was the Messiah, know, but was converted and preached and gave us life for the gospel James says it like this, he says God is a God that honors his people Elijah was a man like me. yet he prayed that it would not rain on the earth for three and a half years and it did not, then he prayed again and the heavens gave their rain. So God can take Elijah. We love hearing about the Elijah that's putting his running shorts on and putting his Adidas or Nikes or whatever he was running. I don't know what kind of sandals he had on, but he had some pretty pretty cool sandals if he's going to out run a chariot.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. They may be Moses or John I don't know what brand they were. I'm just telling you, God anointed him that day. He said, well, I like that Elijah. I like that Elijah that calls down fire from heaven. Everybody likes the Elijah that calls down fire from heaven. Everybody likes the Elijah that defeats the prophets of Baal, then commands Ahab's army to go destroy every one of them. Don't let one of them live. Everybody likes the Elijah that hears in his spirit the sound of the abundance of rain. But nobody likes the Elijah that a chapter later is laying under a tree asking God to take his life because he's scared of a Jezebel. Yeah. And that's the reason James says, think about Elijah. Think about the one that's calling down fire from heaven because God hears him. And think about the one that's laying under the tree asking God to take his life.
0: Yeah.
1: Because all of us got a little of Elijah in us. Come on. Right. All of us have got those times in our life when we don't think God's going to come through and all of a sudden he does. Right, he does. I shut my door to my office and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, didn't I tell you that I was going to bless you when I gave you this job? Yeah. Now quit doubting me and yeah. you know what I did I forgot about all those guys that, already, that I work with is outside that door in that shop I already know that I'm Pentecostal and crazy and just a little bit turned up and I worship the Lord a few minutes you know why because I made a landmark right there right. Yeah. and it's not just affecting me but it's affecting every kid that will come through that door that needs to know about Jesus and you said, Pastor Betsy, I don't believe in all that. Do not limit God, church. It's not just about what He's gonna do here, it's what He's it's gonna do out there. Right. And we're looking for revival to happen in an altar, and it will do that. But revival happens in our own homes, in our own altars. Right. That's where revival happens. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. When we see revival in our homes, we'll see revival in our churches. Yes, amen. When we receive revival in our homes, we'll see revival in our streets. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll see revival
1: on our jobs. When we we'll receive revival in our homes. You say, I'm closing with this. Famous last word for the church, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus gives the illustration in Luke chapter 11. Verses five through thirteen. How I many? is like going to sleep at night. Come on. How
0: mm-hmm.
1: I many like to be woken up at night?
0: How
1: mm-hmm. I many like to hear weird noises in the night? See me, in <laughs> forward to me and Stanley. Cats on your porch making you think somebody's breaking it in the house. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> Even kept. It. Now I got a dog. He just barks. He barks at his tail. He barks at shadows. He barks at trees. He barks at the sky. He barks at humility. It doesn't matter. He just barks. He's not like Bella. I've been praying for my dog like Bella for a long time. Bella's just chill. Now we're not even talking about Tam. <laughs> <laughs> Friend's a special little dog, but he's cute. We're not talking like about that. Before. So Jesus gives the illustration. Let's read this. One. I don't know why I'm talking about people's office, But Anyway, <laughs> keeping some of y'all awake. Luke chapter eleven, verse five. It says, "Then teaching them more about prayer, Jesus—this is Jesus talking to letters of bread. He used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. What are y'all going to think? You Crazy folks. Walmart's open twenty-four 24- hours." Right. A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. For him to be. and suppose he calls from his calls out from his bedroom. Don't bother me. The door's locked for the night, and I, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you, but I tell you this: though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need. Because of your shameless persistence and also I tell you keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds and everyone who knocks the door will be open. Your your fathers if you if your children ask for fish do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The reason the guy got the guy out of bed to get up and getting the loaf of bread, and I'm using, this is just a parable Jesus is telling. But it's a very powerful lesson. It's because he kept knocking on the door. Now if I come to your house and I keep what are you going to do? I know what some of y'all going to do. Y'all going to rack a slide before you go in the door. Amen. All the church said. Amen. I know where I live. <laughs> That's what i but if I keep going. You know, I've learned that UPS drivers have a special kind of loan. I worked at Mercedes and worked night shift, David. You can appreciate this. They couldn't just leave the package on the front door. We had a door that you could see out of, but you couldn't see in, had the pretty glass, half-glass door, and he would about beat that glass out of that door. And I'd be on 12 hour nights. And he wouldn't there's nothing worse when you in the zone and you done drew it on one side of the pillow and you flipped it over to the cool side mm. and you think an atomic bomb is going off at your house. <laughs> Jennifer finally made a note and put up, please do not knock on the door when delivering packages mm. because she had an addiction to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Hink, and that was a joke. <laughs> Still don't deliver the packages, she knows that on the <laughs> we'll fix this one later on. All the women say amen. amen. All the men say amen.
0: That's what nice I
1: thought. So the bottom line is he would knock on that door persistently, yeah. and I would get up and get the package and set inside. Then the dog or the cat gonna run inside. <laughs> then you gotta go chase, chase the dog or the cat down because they want to come inside. Come on. Right. Then my little dog, we used to have a little English spaniel named Studer. He was a miniature cocker spaniel. He believed that that yard was yes. his.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And He was about to get turned up yeah. if you come in his yard and get close to his house. Right. And he wasn't going to stop barking, Regina, until I go to the door and say, Scooter, be quiet. Come over here and sit down. He was going to bark and bark
0: mm-hmm.
1: and bark. And he had a certain bark. If somebody was in his yard, he didn't know. And I'm glad I missed the little guy. He was actually one of the good dogs we had. <clears throat> he was kind of like Bella. He was smart. But the bottom line is, he got me out of the bed because he knocked on the door. Mm-hmm. And a lot of you are asking the questions. There's a lot of people under the sound of my voice today that's needing an answer to prayer. And you know what? I'm going to tell you what Jesus told you. You keep knocking. Yeah. yeah. You keep asking and you keep seeking. Because mm-hmm. your answer may be on the way, but in the spiritual realm, it may be delayed. You yeah. know the Bible talks about that. Mm-hmm. The answer may be out on the way and it may be delayed. You say, well, Pastor Rex, do you still believe in what God's got you doing here? I know that God is giving me a harvest because I prayed unto the Lord of the harvest for laborers. So when they come in here, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm just going to plug them in. Come on. So don't be surprised when you come in here and I start plugging you in. We start finding you a place to serve because we prayed you in here. Hello? And you say, well, Pastor Rex, will he do that in my life? Yeah. And he's reminded me over and mm-hmm. over again. Brian's a builder. He's been built for years. What do you build first if you're going to build a house, Brian? Mm-hmm. That foundation's got to be what? True. It's got to be true. Find mm-hmm. the same. Because if you build a house and the foundation's not steady and not right and not up to code or specs, what's that house wall going to do? What's the roof it's going to fall. He's building something. Not just here in this church, but in our lives. And that foundation will not stand. He told Peter, Peter, you're a rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. I'm talking to some individual today, many individuals in this room. And the gates of hell will not prevail against you. You're going to keep on knocking, or you're going to quit. That's what he told me the other day. Are you going to just keep on knocking? Are you just going to look at what's going on around you? Because God does stuff in the spiritual before he does it in the physical. See, I may not see the increase in my life. I may not see the extra coming in my life. I may not see the favor coming in my life. But I know something: when I'm in the gates of heaven, praying and getting in my prayer closet and going into the spirit of prayer and praying in tongues, you know what? I know that no demon and no devil in hell can stop that prayer. Come on, man. that's what I know. And when I'm praying, what the Word of God already said over my life that He wants me blessed. He won't sit pressed down, shaking together, and running over in my life. Yes, amen. We got this mentality as Christians that God's not supposed to bless me. Oh, I beg to differ. Yeah, he's supposed to bless you when you do it his way. Mm-hmm. When I do it his way, I can still hear in my spirit, repair the walls. When I go into my prayer room, I still hear in my spirit, repair the walls. Nehemiah was given a job. Walls were broken down. Nobody cared but Nehemiah. Isn't that right, David? Nobody was given the burden to rebuild the walls back, but Nehemiah. Nehemiah did something. He did something that a lot of Christians don't think we need to do. It's called Repent. Amen. We think if we go to the altar on prayer on Sunday, and we leave while the worship team, if we go to the altar while the worship team's worshiping, or when the preacher's preaching, people are gonna think we lost and dying and going to hell. No, you know what we think? We think you need Jesus like we need Jesus. And you might need a you may have a burden on you that you're not gonna carry out here again. Right. I want you to know that this altar is always open. Right. And that you can come at any time, and we're gonna agree with you and pray with you.
0: Right. Because I may need you to pray with me and agree with me about
1: something before it's over with. But Nehemiah prayed. He repented over his sins and his generation's sins. The Bible says he repented over his ancestors' sins. And then he was given. He was the cup holder. In other words, he served the king. He washed dishes. He served the king. And he rebuilt laws because God anointed him and given favor. He would say, God, okay, I'm going to the king. I ask you to give me favor. And you know what happened after a while, Tiffany? Then the king began to ask him what he wanted before he ever asked for Yeah. The king would say, okay, man, what do you need? Yeah. You know why? Because he was faithful, mm-hmm. he did a good job of what he did. That's the reason when we go to work every day, we need to do a good job for our employer. Not because we're trying to please our employer, because I want to please my God.
0: Yeah,
1: right. And when I please my employer, when I do a good job for my employer, I'm pleasing my God. And the testimony that I have has some substance because I'm doing a good job. I'm earning a living. I'm honoring my employer. Right. I preach too in some places.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: These are the people that won't go to work. Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. Right. You know what it right. says? Right. Amen. Right. Nehemiah prayed. Mm-hmm. Elijah prayed. Mm-hmm. God was mad. God was mad at the children of Israel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's this man called Moses. Y'all remember Moses right? Yeah. And he was ready to destroy. Them. The Bible says that God repented that He created them and He blessed them. And Moses said, Lord, don't destroy them. Not paraphrasing, but Moses says, Lord, don't destroy them. They really love you, they just lost their way. Don't destroy them. And the Bible says that God was going to destroy this group of people. Remember, this was before grace. And the Bible said that God, go back and read it for yourself in Exodus, and it says, God talked to Moses like men talk to men.
0: Yeah.
1: And he heard Moses' prayer, and the Bible said God relented. Yeah.
0: You're
1: talking about the same Moses that killed a man, had him hid? You're talking about the same Moses that struck the rock when you're supposed to speak to him? Yeah. That's the same Moses that God talked to. Right. So if he'll do it for Elijah, if he'll do it for James, who was in that valley, if he'll do it for Luke, if he'll do it for John, if he'll do it for Peter, no rough no fisherman. The line Jesus David three times by fire, and just a little while later, he was preaching and thousands coming to know the Lord. Matter of fact, on the day of Pentecost, I didn't even get to that part. I'll share it next Sunday. On the day of Pentecost, after the Spirit of failed, they all thought the people in the room were what? Yeah. They were sipping in the tank And rain. they yeah. That's what they thought. I know that's well, not in the text, but it was they thought they were all lit. They did. And then Peter stood up and said, these are not drunk as you suppose, but it's only the third hour of the day.
0: Yeah.
1: But they feel... Full of the Holy Spirit of what the prophet Zechariah promised. He stood up. And then a few weeks later, the Lord's giving him visions and dreams. And he's preaching, and thousands come to the Lord. And Julie, he's walking by people that are crippled. And his shadow is healing people. You believe that God's going to do that in his church in the last days? Yes. It's time now. We ain't got to wait on God, Church. He's yeah. waiting on us. Mm. You have the authority. You, as a follower of Jesus, have the authority.
0: Yeah.
1: But I can't ask God to take me to somebody that needs to forgive when I got unforgiveness in my life. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't ask God to help me get somebody through bitterness when I got bitterness in my life. All I got to do is repent of it and he'll forgive it. I don't have to beg him for it. Come on. Yeah. I don't have to plead for it. I just got to ask for it. That's where we're in. So this thing called prayer, it works. It works if we do it. Yeah. It works if we keep on, I know y'all don't want me to be on the wall, right? Keep on the Keep on seeking. Keep on pressing. A lot of you coming here today, a lot of you been fighting the same battle that a whole church is fighting. discouragement them. Come on, I'm being real. Yeah. People don't think the pastor senses it. I sense it. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my hands to the plow and I'm going to keep pressing forward. Right. I'm going to keep asking God to bless me and I'm going to keep asking God to use me. I'm going to start speaking life. I'm going to keep on speaking life over your family. That's what I did this week. So when things are different I, I, I know I pray I pray to God to bless your life And to use you and to anoint you And to open up doors And to those doors open And God opens those doors I'm going to shout in the hallway I'm going to keep praising him in the hallway church yeah. he, may not, he may not open the door yet But I'm going to praise him until the doors open yeah. Come on I'm talking to somebody yeah. You keep on asking yeah. You keep on seeking You keep on knocking the doors will be open to you. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We we'll honor
0: you. We praise you, God. You are faithful God. Thank you for tuning in to this morning's message. If you were encouraged by this message and want to stay connected with the Restoration fam, check us out at restorationmccullough.com. For more messages like this, you can find us on Spotify and Facebook.